Hey family, I'm Coach Cass. Welcome to The Hub. really excited. Um, this is actually my first time meeting face-to-face Pusha Key, Kina Williams, um, but I have been her uh, internet bestie for many years, and um, I've just been able to witness her amazing journey. And one of a part of that journey is she helps Black folk and all folk get international, okay? She has this signature trip that she does every Halloween to Dubai where almost or over 500 people join her every single year. And I am just so blessed to have Pusha Key, Kina Williams up in the building. What's up, Kina? (laughs) Hey, how are you? I'm well. Welcome to the Coach Cast Show, girlfriend. So thank you. You're welcome. So before we even get started, um, Kina, I got to tell you, girlfriend, the, the reason I look like half garbage, hot garbage is I done got the Rona. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm doing all right. Um, long story short, did a mastermind with only two other people. You know, we out here. I've been that crazy person that has my mask on outside, inside, social distancing. Don't come too close. I want to elbow, no hugs, that person. And um, did a mastermind with my husband and two other people. And we all tested, right? We all did a little at-home test. I didn't watch one of the people of how they did their at-home tests. And, you know, it all showed negative, but this one person was coughing all weekend, girlfriend. So what this what this taught me, I'm more mad at the fact that I did not set a boundary. Right. Mm -hmm. And how important it is to set boundaries. You know, in Asian countries, if somebody doesn't feel well, they put a mask on so they don't spread their germs. So I personally should have said, hey, can you put a mask on? Or I myself should have protected myself and been like, okay, I'm going to put a mask on no matter how strange it is since we all just tested negative. So long story short, I got the Rona, but I guess it's like the baby Rona, the Omicron version. I'm also triple vaccinated, got both Pfizer's and a booster. And so right now it feels like a cold. I had a wicked headache maybe two days ago, took some headache medicine. It hasn't come back. Um, I had chills the first day, it hasn't come back. So right now I just have a little stuffiness and otherwise, you know, I'm just hiding from my family, which isn't totally a bad thing. So (laughs) (laughs) I told them, I told them, you know what, you should still go visit because they're both negative. I said, you still go visit family. You know, I'll, I'll be here. My husband's like, you want to, you want to get rid of us? No, not at all, baby. I love you. (laughs) Mama, it's a long time. So, Kina, Kina, go ahead, girlfriend. Tell us, tell us a little bit of how your love story, like, tell us a little bit of your love story, like where, where you've been. And, and, you know, we'll get into where you are now. So, so what have you been through? What, what have you been dragged through? Come on, tell, tell the real oh. deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
Oh, the real deal. I have been through um, so much as far as love life, relationships, romance goes. I was previously married. I was married from 2002 to 2010, uh, which I will call probably the worst experience of my life. I mean, wow. it was an experience and it was probably the worst experience of my life. Uh, I should have left my then husband the first year, but where I'm from, we were taught, you stay in there, you stick it out, you mm. stay, which uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't believe in that anymore. Right. Um, but it was really, really rough. You know, my ex and I, we should have never got married. I think we were too young. I was excited because he was handsome. He had a six pack and he was interested in me. And I'm like, wow, not realizing we had nothing. We had no foundation. So of course, when we had problems, everything basically just crumpled because I was immature. He was immature. Um, our ways of dealing with things. Okay. We'll just divorce without even realizing when you make that say that it's probably going to happen without you even doing any work. Yeah. Oh man, that's tough. So, okay. So the lesson there is don't throw around the word divorce until yes. you at least try to work some things out. I actually have that as a rule in my marriage. Like, listen, buddy, <laughs> we don't say that word unless you really leave it, you know? So, yes. okay. Yes. So, yeah, and that's it. So you really left, right? So, so all right. So then what happened after that? Well, you know, we, like I said, we were married for about, uh, I will tell you this, we were married for about seven and a half years, mm. but we were separated <laughs> longer than we were actually married. Oh my so, goodness. Yeah. So <laughs> there's so many crazy things that happened in this marriage. I went to my uh, high school reunion. I came back home. My husband had moved out. I had no idea he was moving out. So... <laughs> You know, looking back on it, I can look at it and say the signs were there. But again, where I was, how I was raised, it was you stick, stick it out, you stay. Mm -hmm. Not realizing I had basically given up myself for something that wasn't serving me. So, yeah. wow, that that's really tough, right? So then that even creates like ab abandonment to come home. And even though y'all wasn't getting along, that was your love. And for him to yes. be gone, oh my goodness. Did you end up talking after that? Or was it like, that was the last time you saw him type no, of thing? No, we, we talked after that time. We actually tried to uh, make it work throughout uh, that time period. We went to counseling. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing now. The first therapist we saw, she basically said, this isn't going to work. We went to another therapist and she didn't want to take us on as a client, but I guess she realized she saw what we couldn't see, but we had so many issues. We had infidelity issues. Mm. There was a baby that was born during our marriage. It was a disaster. Mm -hmm. And even throughout that disaster, I was still trying to hang on to it, but realizing uh, as a woman, it's not, I can't be the only person to try to save this marriage. It has to be a joint effort. You're like, hey babe, we've got issues. Uh, yes, I recognize we have issues. Yes, I'm not perfect. Yes, you're not perfect either. However, what can we do to resolve our differences? Can we make this work? And, um, you know, I, I look back, I even laugh at the things that I did. You know, I would miss work over this man. Uh, I would find myself in the shower crying. And now I would say, I'm not missing money for no man. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Anymore. <laughs> Anymore. Oh because, you know, it, it, and I look back at it and say, especially now, because I'm older, I say how I have matured um, from my first marriage. I learned what I don't want anymore, what I want, put up with, 
And you know, if we if no one is working working to make things better, no, it's not worth it. <laughs> so, and at the time, you were an engineer, so missing work is a big deal. You know, they yes. were looking for you. Oh my yes. goodness! Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, engineer making it happen, love life going haywire. Like, how did you balance that? Right, because you have a demanding job. And then now all of this is going on. Like, how did you work through the sorrow of this lost marriage? Or was it more like a, oh, I'm done. And you kept it moving. It was all good. No, I, I will tell you this. I became a really good liar, mm. um, a very good liar. I would come to work. Oh, everything is great. How are you guys doing? Blah, blah, blah. And um, I would wear my wedding ring. Um, wear my wedding ring at the time. Um, and just like, act like everything was fine. My husband at the time, he wasn't even in the house. He was living somewhere else. Yeah. And people would say, how's your husband? Oh, he's fine. I saw him last night. Last night may have been three weeks ago or something yeah. like that. So you basically, I had to put on a facade for as long as I could. And one of my coworkers, uh, I'll never forget him. He came up to me one day. He says, you really don't have to lie. You really Ooh. don't have to lie about this. He says, I can see all through this. You don't have to do this. Just, just go through it. You will be he fine. Called you out. And it was a man. It was a man that called me out. Yeah. So what did you do then? Just start crying? What did you do? No, I just looked at him like, get out of my business. <laughs> you know, you know, get out of my business was the initial thing. But he would come by my office and he would just be like this. Because mm. he knew. He knew. Mm-hmm. I think he had been divorced before, so he knew what the signs were. He knew um, the lying, you know, that you, not that I'm a liar, but you put on a facade for people to basically show this persona that's not, that not you. You know, I was still going by my old last name at the time, and I was still wearing my ring, and acting like we were going places, and I was going home. I was going home to drink. Let me be honest. You know, (laughs) that's what I was doing, you know? And it was like, you know, I would get to the point where I would take maybe extra projects at work because I knew I, I didn't want to go home because mm-hmm. I was going home to a problem, mm-hmm. you know? So I would come home seven, eight o'clock knowing I'm going to bed in two hours. So I don't even have to deal with them. Yeah. So, yeah. It was crazy. So how did you get past that time, that pattern of the drinking and overworking and lying, like was there any specific moment that the light bulb turned on to say, all right, this ain't it? Um, I will say it came from my mother. My mother called me one day and she told me, she says, uh, you are not the Kina that I know. Mm. You're not the person that I know you to be. Basically, who are you? Who, who are you? Who did you become? You're not, who, are you my daughter? You know, <laughs> I didn't raise you to be uh, dealing with this. excuse me so um I think that was a pivotal point for me to say okay um she's right why am I doing this why am I suffering for no reason you know my ex at the time he was out living his life you know carrying on relationships and what have you and I'm over here uh, with the ugly cry every day like why so yeah yeah okay so then did you start to do new things to create like new patterns or or it was just that simple of a conversation and everything was better? Um, it, 
was that, and you know, right before that happened, you know, we decided, uh, I don't think we had decided to divorce at that time, but um, after our last counseling sessions, you know, the last counseling sessions that we did, it actually was at the point where my ex stopped coming. So I think that was another pinnacle point where I said, well, you know what? Insurance is paying for this. Let me just get what I need for myself, which was great. So okay, yeah, definitely. Okay. So now in terms of transition, right? So what came first, your next love or your new business? Which, which came first? Oh, probably next love. Cause I mean, I've dated, uh, I tell people I have <laughs> dated a lot. I, um, one of those people, you know, after my divorce, I basically hopped right out because I was really done with, I was done with him before the, the, before we'd actually filed. So I was done. So I was ready. So once I got out of the marriage, everything was fine. I met someone like two months after divorce, we ended up dating for about two years. Wow. Okay. So the question always is, where did you meet? You know, cause like, this is a thing that, you know, the good men are hiding under a rock, you know? So, so where did you meet that guy? <laughs> uh, when I lived in California, he actually uh, was in the military. So he worked on the sister military base, but I met him online. <laughs> he, she met him online, <laughs> online, online. Okay. So obviously yeah. that one didn't work out. <laughs> right. So let's uh, fast forward a bit. So we dated, mm-hmm. met people online, had yes. a good time. So what was it that kept you dating? Because what I find is so many women get frustrated when something doesn't work out, right? Whether it's a two week, a two year, a two month, whatever. And then they're like, you know what? I don't want to date anymore. Just forget it. Like, did you ever have that in your thought pattern? And never, what, is never. That, what is it that, that, what was your mindset through all of this dating? <laughs> I, I was never going to accept defeat. I was never going to uh, make a decision and say, you know what? Uh, I'm not finding the man that I want. So I'm just going to, become a hermit, stay in my house, focus on my job, become a workaholic, become a whatever, get multiple degrees or do whatever women do when they go through this time where they decide that they don't need anyone. I have a a friend of mine, I'm not mentioning her name, but uh, she is someone I love very dearly. And she was, she's divorced. And after her divorce, she just straight into her work. And I'm thinking, hey, it's been five, six years. I need you to get back out there. You know, yeah. so basically I kept myself motivated to say, you know what? Every person that I meet, I'm not trying to make this man my husband. You know, nice. let me go out here. Let me have fun. Um, if it turns into something great, if it, if it doesn't, it's still great. I'm still an amazing person and mm-hmm. someone will um, see the beauty that is me and appreciate me the way that I need to be appreciated. And mm-hmm. I just said, I'm not accepting defeat. Sure, this guy didn't work. Okay, fine. Sure, this one didn't work. Okay, fine. And I think for me personally, um, I chronicle pretty much my, my dating life. I was very open. Um, when things didn't work out, I just said it didn't work out. Um, people are like, well, are you done? I'm like, no, I'm not done. Keep going. I keep going until I get what I need. Keep going until you get what you need. Are y'all listening? Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> that's good good so tell us the story about the blue ring 
Woo! Yo, as we say here, (laughs) well, the blue ring, um, probably 10 years or so ago, I saw this blue ring um, on a cruise ship. And I was like, wow, this ring is, well, I don't know if it was on a cruise ship or like one of the cruise ports. And I just had my eye on this ring forever, forever, had my eye on the ring forever. Looked at the price and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna have to keep looking. So <laughs> just keep looking. So in 2018, uh, I was in Dubai and I decided, let me do something nice for myself. So I went, uh, contacted a jeweler in Dubai, contacted several jewelers in Dubai. And one particular one was like, we can't make the ring exactly the way you want it, but here are the modifications. And I was like, okay, I looked at the modifications. I was like, you can't even tell. So let me get this ring. So I had the ring made. That was uh, October, 2018. November, 2018, I was back on the internet again. I was on my way to South Africa. And I um, (laughs) talked to a young man. We clicked instantly. I flew to South Africa because I had a group trip there. And um, we met, it was a great experience. I thought he was an amazing guy. And I was like, all right, this is it. Let's do it. And uh, the following month, he asked me to marry him. But before then, I knew he was going to ask. And um, the thing about him, he wanted to give me a ring. He started looking at rings and I didn't like any of the rings he picked. I was like, no, uh -uh, no, no. So he was like, well, you have a ring that you like. Let me buy it from you and give it back to you. And I was like, no. So he asked me again for the second time. I was like, no. And he showed me another ring. I said, no. Then the third time he says, let me just buy the ring. So he actually paid for the ring. And um, when we got engaged, uh, this was three years ago, um, he actually gave me the ring. Wow. Wow. So you you were traveling to another country because essentially you were U.S. based. You're traveling to another country with a group and, you know, you still got online like, look, love is everywhere. Right. So love is not just in my backyard. Love is everywhere I go. So you're on the app. You talk into the man. Things going well. He buys the ring from you. He proposes. So he proposed. What was the span of time that he proposed in? (laughs) <laughs> your listeners are going to trip out <laughs> i would say it was uh probably a month and a half wow yeah probably a month, a and, a half. month and a half you got a ring in a month is that a record y'all i think that's like a record <laughs> a month and a half oh snap so <clears throat> so now y'all were living in two different countries you went back home to tennessee California, California, California. Okay. Mm -hmm. California. All right. So California, you went back home to California. Now you're living in two different countries. So how did that all play out? Well, it was interesting uh, when when he and I, when we were together, uh, we had a really good communication. We would talk um, several times a day. We talk on video, uh, we text, do WhatsApp calls. Um, You know, we had trips planned. So I would fly um, to South Africa, or he and I would decide, okay, we're going to meet in country X or whatever the case may be. And we did that for uh, a few, a few months until we decided this wasn't it. So would you say that dating long distance, you have to have resources? 
Yes. You have to have resources to, uh, to date long distance because number one, uh, depending on how far the distance is, I mean, is it a distance where you can drive? Mm-hmm. Eh, not so much, but if you need to fly, obviously you need to be able to get back and forth and then you may need to stay in a hotel uh, if you're not staying with the person or have means to get around or whatever the case may be, because it's not, um, it, it, I won't say it's hard, but someone needs to, ha- somebody needs to have resources. Else somebody, because I'm like, somebody. if y'all meeting in countries. So now, you know, let's dispel some myths, right, Kina? Because when mm-hmm. people think of Africa, any part of Africa, they think of poor people, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like for you to find a man that had the means to buy this expensive ring and also fly and meet you in countries. I'm guessing you weren't paying for those tickets. Like, how did that come across for you to find somebody that had money also, right? So they exist. They exist. Like mm-hmm. um, that particular guy, uh, we're actually, we're still friends to this day. Talked to me last week, wished me Merry Christmas already. And uh, he uh, is an IT professional. Uh, he's a consultant. He's doing well. There are plenty of men. Even the men that I've dated here, I've dated all types. Mm-hmm. doctors i've dated attorneys i've been out let me say dated. i've went out with attorneys doctors mm-hmm. um you know all different types I, uh, musicians uh hustler types all types you know mm-hmm. this country is not um everybody is struggling or what have you there are some that are but mm-hmm. um, there are men out here that they're not and uh let me say this since i feel like this might be the next step mm-hmm. not everybody is looking to come to the united states so mm. a lot of people already make the assumption, oh, American ladies, uh, they assume that they're going to come to the, I'm like, no, I, it, here I told every man, I live in South Africa. So if you think you're coming to the States, bro, I'm sorry, it's not happening because this is where I live at this point. So most men, they know. Yeah. Wow. Not looking for that. So do, do you feel like you put something special in your profile that attracted men with means? You know, like, this is the question that I get, right, Kina, like, Coach Cass, I keep, I keep, you know, attracting the broke joker that's looking for a handout. I, where do I meet, you know, the, 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 the hot term is a high value man. I'm like, what is a high value man? Like, come on, like money doesn't define somebody. But at the end of the day, a lot of these women, right? Engineer, doctor, whatever, mm-hmm. you've gotten to a certain place and so you kind of want someone that could pay for dinner sometimes. So mm-hmm. do you feel like you put something special in your profile that attracted these men with means or any of that? <laughs> no, the thing is my profile was very short. Mm. Uh, a lot of my friends will say, can you look at my profile? I'm like, it's a book. The average man is not reading this. So I would put boom, 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 a few information. Hey, you want to contact me? Whatever, call or whatever, mm-hmm. send a message or what have you. Put some funny pictures up there. Always face picture full body because I want everybody to know mm, this is what it looked like you know hey. <laughs> this, this is what it looks like <clears throat> so there's no you know no surprise but yes. I didn't say much and then you know people will contact me the thing is th- these men exist all type of men out there you know people talk about high you mentioned the high value man mm-hmm. and again what does that mean that could mean something totally different uh from other people I probably at this stage of my life I don't necessarily, although I'm engaged now, I don't necessarily need a high value man. I'm seeking happiness, probably more so than anything else. Uh, which they just hate to hear this at times because they're like, well, I need a man that can do this, 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 this. And I'm like, okay, great. I already have all these things. I don't need that. I, at this point, I, what I'm sick, 
who can make me soup? You know, who can take care of my plants when I'm gone for nine weeks at a time? Um, who can, you know, go put gas in my car? Or, you know, who can I trust to, you know, not run off with my credit card when it's on the table? You know, stuff hey. like that. I mean, it sounds yeah. so simple, but, you know, I, I look at, okay. the things that matter. Yes, these are things, for me, these are things that matter for me. Um, I just look for who makes me happy, you know. I d- uh, dated this guy last year for a couple of months, one of those high value uh, high value, high earning man. That man never had time for me mm-hmm. because he was so busy chasing money that mm-hmm. he never had time for me. I, I should have known on our first date because the first date he called me, he was like, I'm sorry, I can't make the date, but let me send you Uber Eats. No, I can get that for myself. I'm trying to spend time with you. I don't need you to send me, you know, chicken. I mean, that'd be great, but that's not what I need. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So you said, oh, wait, hold up. Okay. All right. So let's, let's put in there the business piece, right? So engineer Mm -hmm. who loves to travel, how did engineer who loves to travel become person who just travels? Like how did that, how did that transition happen? Oh, that transition. um, I think I knew it was probably eventually going to happen. I got to the point where I had worked uh, at my job for almost almost 20 years or so. And, you know, frustration, uh, you work for so many years and, you know, you apply for a promotion or a, a upper, upper level uh, project. Mm-hmm. And you're told, you know what, we like you, but you don't have enough experience. I'm like, how much experience do I need? I've been here all these years. You mean to tell me almost 20 years is not, do I need to be almost at my deathbed before I, you know, become this uh, manager or whatever? Yeah. I'm, you know, constantly getting passed over and passed over and passed over. And I was just like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm tired of this. And I was already, um, uh, had my travel consulting company, um, on the side, which, you know, I thought it was doing okay for me to say, okay, let me make this leap. Yes. It's a little bit scary, but let me just try it. Let me just do it and see what happens. And, uh, I have to shout out my aunt, my aunt, Della, um, she, she told me, she says, if you ever need to come back home, you can come home. Uh, my parents are deceased. So my aunts and uncles, they, they check out for me. So she's, you know, I always say you have a landing spot if you need to come back. So that's all I really needed. Excuse me. Just that, just that, that security, like I'm right. Yes. I'll never be homeless. <laughs> yes. I can always come okay. back. And I still have, I still have my house in California It's rented out, but if I need to go back, it's available. It's there. Okay, so a part of it was the the epiphany that you will never reach the heights in somebody else's business, right? Yes. What you could do in your own. And why not try out what you love? And at the end of the day, you can always go back to engineering, <laughs> you know, like. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. I don't know. If, I, don't, right, I don't know if you know this, but uh, right before I uh, left my last position, I, my mother died in April 2018. Mm. And two days after she died, my bestie my coworker, who sat right next to me at work he died which was so crazy so Mm -hmm. I went back to work uh roughly about two or three weeks after that happened and um, it was time for my performance evaluation so during my performance evaluation I had already asked for two months off work because I needed time to grieve and what have you uh during my performance evaluation my boss at the time she said 
you know, you are on task to meet all of the objectives for this year. You're doing everything you need to do. I was like, okay, great. That's where the conversation should have ended. However, she says, I think you need to pursue your real passions in life. And if you decide to leave this job, we understand. And I'm thinking, are you firing me? Are you telling me to quit? I mean, my mother just died two weeks ago. Why are you telling me this? And I was so angry, so angry for the longest time that how dare, as we say, how dare you fix your mouth to say that to me? You know, <laughs> you know how dare you do that? You yeah. Know that you know, like, how dare you put your mouth together to make these words come out? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm already, you know, grieving or whatever. And for the, like I said, for the longest time, I was so upset. I ended up um, transferring out of that office into another office, like a couple months later after I came back from my two month leave. Cause she told me, she says, well, I'd asked for the two months off work without pay. And she was like, well, if you can take two months off work without pay, you're replaceable. And I'm like, what, what, what? However, looking back um, years later, if you will, although that was the ugliest thing to tell someone that's going through a grieving process, it was the most amazing thing. It was something that needed to be said. It needed to be told. It needed to be told to me in a position where I was vulnerable enough to receive it. It hurt. It hurt because I'm like, I've been at this company almost 20 years and you're telling me to quit and that I'm replaceable when I've given you guys all of me for all of these years. Wow. But it's what I needed to, it's what I needed to be told to make the leave because that's when you realize, you know, for all these years, I used to tell people I have a great job. And I did. I had a great job. I loved what I did. Um, it was fun. But at that moment, I realized these people don't care. Nothing about me. You hit me at the lowest point. You don't care. I, this is now a hostile work environment. I don't even want to be here. You know? <laughs> so, so then you transitioned out. Was there any big moment in terms of when you gave your leave? Did you like saw saute in in like typical aka style did you like throw up the <laughs> ivy <laughs> well what i did was actually um <laughs> the, okay uh <laughs> laughing in my head <laughs> because like the following week after that happened i was going to take my start my two months um uh, time off work to do my like, grieving process if you will um although grief cannot be scheduled but i was trying uh what i did was the day prior to me leaving, I got a phone call from another department uh, from my company saying, hey, um, you know, you want to come work with us? And I was like, yes, but I'm leaving for two months. Can you hold the job until I get back? They says, okay, sure, we can do that. So the next day, which was a Wednesday, I was leaving for my two months. I went to work. I waited till four o'clock because that's when my boss leaves. I typed up this email basically saying, I'm not coming back to this office. I'll clean it out in two months when I get back. And that was it. So that's how I did it. I won't say it was perfect, but that's what I did. <laughs> I ain't coming back to work with you, Heffa. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> okay, so then now you launch into your business. So you already had had success in your business before you left your job, yes? Yes, yes. Okay, so there was still some proving because I'm I'm just thinking about all who are listening. They're like, oh, she left her job, I can leave my job. Wait a second now. She still had 
a bit of success. There were a couple of trips under her belt. She was starting to play with the money, you know, say, okay, maybe this is something I could do. All right. Uh-huh. So now, so now take me to, to, to the new love. Take me, how did that, how did that happen? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing now. Uh, the guy I'm currently engaged. I've been engaged as of tomorrow, two weeks, uh, two weeks as of tomorrow. Um, we met um, unofficially, if you will, via Instagram. Mm. So that's how we met. But uh, what happened? My barber here in <laughs> tell a story is funny. <laughs> the fact that I'm laughing is just so funny. But uh, November 2018 was the year I met my previous fiance. However, the same month my barber took a picture of my haircut and posted it on his Instagram page. Mm-hmm. And um, posted my picture on his Instagram page and this guy wrote, who is that girl? Who is she? Who wow. is she? And I wrote under that person's thing, it's me. I'm the girl in the picture. Yeah. And he instantly sent me a message, DM me. And you know we should chat it. Oh, nice, just pleasantries, nothing special. And that was it because I was coming, I was in South Africa with someone else. Right. Which was, <laughs> which was the person I ended up getting engaged to the following month. So um, during that time, the guy that was here, he, you know, he would send me messages occasionally. How are you doing? I was like, I'm good. Uh, he's a musician. So he would always just say, you should come and to my show. I was like, no, not coming, but thanks so. Um, so, <laughs> so I ended up splitting up with my, uh, uh, fiance at the time and basically like three three or four months later and um the guy here that he's uh here that I'm with now um he was like I'm so sorry hope you'll be fine I was like yeah I'll be fine he was like oh well next time you're here in South Africa let me know come to my show I was like yeah no but thanks <laughs> so that was like maybe March April 2019 Later in the year, I, I contacted him. I sent him a message to say, hey, I'm moving to South Africa. He's like, oh, great. Come to my show. Okay, great. No, not coming. Um, <laughs> so it was that. 2020, uh, the Panini, the pandemic, the Panasonic, the panorama hits us. And uh, here in South Africa, we were locked down on a serious lockdown. We couldn't go anywhere. Uh, everything was closed. Uh, you couldn't be in Ubers. Nothing. Nothing was going on. So Everyone was at home, bored, and uh, he would call me sometimes, check on me, whatever. And one day he called me on video, and I was like, "Why is this man calling me on video?" And I didn't think much of it. Uh, June 2020, my computer cable broke, and I called my ex fiance and said, "Hey, I need to go get this cable." He says, "Well, why don't let me take you to uh, to this uh, shopping district? You can get it cheaper." And I was like, "Oh." Well, I remember the other guy lives in the area. Let me call and see if he would like to meet up. Sure enough, he says, yes, let's meet. So I met him for the first time in person, uh, June 1st, 2020, which was basically like 18 months after first talking to him. We never met. Pause, pause, pause. So your ex-fiance took you to meet your new fiance? Is that what, is, did, I, did I hear that? You did. We weren't dating at the time. I just met it. I just, I was just there. He had a car. I didn't have a car. So he took me, he showed me where to go, get the cable, and we went, got the cable, and that was that. 
And, you know, the guy was with us and, you know, we should chat and talk. And I was like, okay, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. We took some pictures and that was it. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I know, crazy. So fast forward from there, we uh, ended up um, uh, meeting again, I think in October, I called him and I said, hey, I need to go to Rosebank. And he's like, well, I'm going to be in Rosebank today. I was like, okay, cool. Let's go. I said, well, let's meet for breakfast. And he's like, okay, cool. We met for breakfast. And um, that's when he let me know he liked me. And I was like, well, what's your sign? He tells me his sign. And I said, oh, no, Ooh, no. I said, uh-uh, uh-uh, I don't do this. This is what I don't do. I don't date these people with this sign. And he says, I'm different. I said, well, they're all different, you know? So no, I'm not doing this. And that was the end of the discussion. I just, he'd been friend zone from that moment. Um, fast forward to my birthday, a couple of months later, I invited him to my birthday party at like five birthday parties last year. And um, he attended two of them. The party he was at, my ex-fiance was there. Another guy at the party that liked me was there. I was flirting with some guy in the pool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Terrible. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> hey, it is what it is. But um, <laughs> my trainer was there and he was like, this guy likes you. I was like, whatever. So anyway, um, that weekend, I really, you know, we started talking more. And then next thing I know, we started hanging out and, you know, he would stop by my house or I'd hang out with him. We'd go out to dinner or whatever. And we, he just kept telling me, I just feeling something deep for you. I just, I can't explain this. I just, I can't, I can't even stop it. I just don't know what it is. I'm falling for you. I'm just like, whatever. That's probably gas. It's just not me. It's just gas, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we just continued on. And um, uh, I remember the first time he told me that he loved me, I was like, no, you don't, whatever. And he was like, okay, you heard me. And then that was it. And me, I'm just like, mm. but in, I'll tell you what the, um, the pivotal point for me was, because I will say this to your listeners, even while this was happening, I was still going out with other men. Mm. I was still going out with other guys. I wasn't just putting all of my, my rice in one basket. I basically went out with other men. You know, we can hang out on Wednesday, Thursday night. Okay, Sam, you ready to go? whatever, let's go. Cause I kept it moving because until somebody's ready to commit, I'm gonna do me, you know, I'm gonna keep going out. That's what I did. So April rolled around and um, my friend came to visit me from the States and she met him. This girl has known me for 25 plus years. So she knows me, like knows me, knows me. Yeah. And she sat down in my house and she says, are you crazy? Mm. are you crazy she says why because I was I was really chasing someone else yeah and she says you're chasing this other man that won't even give you a tenth of what you're looking for mm. there's somebody that always answers your phone call anytime you tell them you need something they're showing up at your house with it mm. you call them they pick up the phone every time they're never they're not there's no other woman at this person's mm. house they can pick up and go on video any time of the day they call you every day. They check on you. They take you out. They do this, but you're still over here wasting time with the one that doesn't even know your middle name, you know, <laughs> or stuff like that. So I was like, okay, so 
I started looking at him in a different light and looking at, okay, well, when I was sick, who was calling me when I was in the hospital? Um, when something happened, what was going on? A friend of mine died in April. He's standing there, I'm crying and he's just like, it's okay. Like you have to look at who was there, who yeah. always answered, who was always there for you. So when people talk about how value man, that's fine. I don't have a problem with a man that has money, but at this stage of my life, I need you to have a lot more things other than just that. That's just, that's not enough for me. You know, I, I'm at the point in my life where I can, you know, everything I want, I already have it. You know, I already have it, but I was missing that somebody to be like, okay, this is what I need. This is what I need right now. I need you to, you know, be this person for me and whatever I can be this for you. So it took me a few months before I was like, all right, let me get myself together. And then next thing I know, I find myself going deeper, 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 deeper. So yeah, so here we are. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <coughs> Get to here we are. <laughs> when did you actually say, all right, this is my man, or you never actually said this is my man? Like literally you just got engaged. Like what what was that? No, no, no. So um I I think I stopped my shenanigans in uh, May. I think okay. I stopped playing around. I, about May, I stopped playing around. Mm -hmm. July, I was finally like, all right, this bay, this is him, whatever, left it at that. And uh, we had a series of uh, things that happened for him. He ended up getting sick in August. And uh, I don't know, I think for him, that was the pivotal point for him to say, I, I want this girl in my life, you know? So some people don't say girl, but I still feel young. So yes, this girl. So <laughs> at 45, yes, this girl, I'm okay with it. So um, I, I knew that it was coming. I just didn't know uh, exactly when, because uh, in November, when I talked to his, his mother lives in another country. So I talked to her, actually, I talked to her every week. If I don't talk to her once a week, she thinks something's wrong. Wow. So call her at least once a week on the weekends or during the week just to see how she's doing. Um, my uh, husband-to-be is a very religious man. He's the, uh, basically the minister of music at church. Uh, when he had the pastor meet me, I was like, okay, he's not playing. And he's like, this her, this is her, this is her. And he tells everybody, this is her, this is her. So, and um, you know, I, I knew he was going to do, I just didn't know, didn't know exactly when. So he did did on my birthday. Wait, 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 wait. Slow it down. Slow it down. <laughs> Engagement story. Come on. How did you <laughs> Well, what happened was um, uh, at my birthday, I had a birthday when birthday was December 9th. So I did not want to have a birthday party. I didn't want to do anything. I told him, let's just, let's just hang out at the house. You can cook and I can just eat. You cook. Okay. You clean it. You know, whatever. We can just do something at home. He was like, no, you need to do something. You need to have all your friends come out and whatever. Let's do something small at the house. I said, no, because we were going camping the next day. And I was like, if we have a party, the house is going to be messy. I'm leaving the next day. I, just, I didn't want to do that. So he was like, why don't you just do dinner? I said, fine. So I booked a, a, a private room somewhere for 18 of my closest friends. 18 became more, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> hired a decorator to come in and do decorations, pick the menu and all that other kind of stuff, did that. So the day of my actual birthday, um, I told people to come at six o'clock for a cocktail hour. 
seven o'clock for dinner. He gets there, uh, I think about 5.30 or so. It was at a hotel. So he gets dressed and comes down because he was like, why don't you wear your gold dress for this event? I said, no, I just want to wear something casual. He's like, no, you should wear that. He says, I'm going to wear my tuxedo. I was like, oh, what? He said, I want to. I said, fine. So I wear this tuxedo and, uh, uh, you know, all his friends are there. And I'm noticing we had a guest list. And I'm like, this person isn't on the guest list. Why are they here? I didn't know they were coming. And they're his friends. So I'm like, this man is up to something. And um, while we were doing the cocktail hour, uh, my friends were arriving, which my friends know uh, him and you know, vice versa. And my friends know his friends. We all know each other. So because he's a musician, he came in with his musician friends. They were playing like a birthday song with uh, a saxophone, a guitar, and they had balloons. Uh, uh, what do you call those things where the confetti goes all over a confetti gun thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they had one of those and uh, they sang a song and I'm like, you know, yay, singing, whatever. And then all of a sudden I turn around, he's on the floor. I'm thinking, did, did you fall over? You know, <laughs> do we need to call 911? <laughs> What's going on? <coughs> Excuse me. So he's on the floor and he's just looking up like this. He's got the box open and I'm like, like, what? So he's like, were you married? I was like, yeah, I, I don't think I said yes. Cause I was so shocked, so shocked. I just put my hand out and um, he put the ring on my finger. He put it on the wrong finger. I think he was nervous. So, <laughs> so we got up and I was really like shocked because I was not, I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting this maybe like a few months from now, not like right now. So yeah, so all his friends were there. Um, we were so excited. And I mean, yeah, so here we, here we are. Beautiful, beautiful. So what I'm getting from this story overall is that you never gave up on love. Never. And, um, you dated, you know? So yeah, you could have dated some people that definitely were not for you. And you mm -hmm. dated some people that were for you that turned out not to be for you. But none of that laid you out. You, you right. kept pushing, push a key. Yeah. Oh my yes. goodness. So yes, yes. I, I, I think that this episode will help free <laughs> will help to free some of uh, some of these ladies i'm thinking yes. so uh how can people find you on social media where where can they find you um they can find me i'm typically on instagram at just me kina and that's k-e-n-n-a so just me kina k-e-n-n-a that's probably the easiest place to find me Nice. Okay. So make sure to follow Kina and um, join in on all of her trips. She will never, ever let you down because she has not let me down. And I'm just excited that, you know, you took the time to share your story here. So thank you, Kina, for, thank for you here on the podcast. And um, for all of you um, that are out there, please be safe in, during this season. Obviously, I'm still recovering and this stuff ain't playing. So please be safe. Please make sure to like and follow um, all things at Inspire Many. And we do have, what do we have coming up? We have the Love Vision Challenge. So if you go to lovevisionchallenge.com, it's five days where we're just getting clear about what it is that you want. It's something about that clarity. Y'all heard it. 
Kina got clear. So you got to be clear about what you want in order to get it. All right. The challenge right now is free. So don't miss out. All right. Keep loving. Keep laughing. Keep living. Bye, guys. Thank you.